All right. I want to thank everyone for tuning in to another episode of the All Aspects Development Podcast. I want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Merry Holidays, whatever it is that you do. We want to wish you a good one. Um, so we continue our discussion of our uh, series of the 10 barriers to self-growth uh, and personal development as as the name of the of the podcast talks about we want to focus on growth and that's what we're talking about and part of discussing what uh, makes us grow is also finding out those barriers to that so today we're going to be talking about a lack of responsibility and how that can affect um, our personal growth and our personal development and affect our, in a sense, our, our whole mindset and our, our livelihood. So today, we're going to be having a special guest who's here with me today. And I'll go ahead and let you introduce yourself. Hi, everyone. I'm Derek Doherty, and I am an addict. Uh, my journey in recovery started in December 15th of 2018. And uh, it's it's been filled with times when I should have taken responsibility and times when uh, I did take responsibility and, and the difference that makes in a life. Um, I think uh, early on when, when I first got into, well, even before, so before recovery um, and I was in my addiction, for me it was, I, I didn't even have the, the, the will or desire to live anymore at that point, you know, for me, I didn't understand what the reason was because to, to live because at that point uh, I had lost everything that I had held dear to myself, or at least I felt like I had lost it forever. And uh, I was looking for some kind of sign or, or some kind of reason to live. And uh, slowly but surely, um, you know, I, I did get sick and tired of, of, of being sick and tired and, and you know, after some conversations with my then peer counselor and uh, my kids and, and the few people that I had left that were close to me, I, I realized that it wasn't anyone's responsibility to give me a reason to live but myself. Mm. And I knew that in order to get there, I was going to have to do some kind of work. I just didn't know how. Um, and for me, that's that's when I started going to NA meetings and um, I would I would see people in NA meetings and they just they had a hope and it was just crazy to me. I was like, a bunch of drug addicts, like how, how can you have this kind of hope? How can you be so happy? Like, how do I get there? Um, and I knew that where I was at wasn't safe, wasn't a good place to be. And I knew that I had to make some major changes and then I had to decide whether or not I wanted to make those changes because you, know, you get into this deep depression uh, before you get into recovery. A lot of times while we're using, you know, we go the highs and lows. Like when I have the drugs, I feel great. And uh, when I don't, I feel completely depressed. And um, it took me, you know, a couple times. I, I, I believe I overdosed on, on opiates a couple times. Um, uh, luckily for me, it didn't take my life and, and I did, I did try to take my own life too. 
and I wasn't, I wasn't able to do that. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for that now, but at the time I was, I was mad. It's like, okay, fine. If I, if I can't die, then I'm going to live. And now I'm going to figure out what it is that that looks like, because my old life is done and I messed up all of that. My, my addiction. Uh, and at the time I didn't, I, I wasn't blaming myself. That's for sure. I was like, this person did this, uh, and this <laughs> circumstance did this, and it's not my fault that this was happening. And, uh, you know, you could, you could talk to my peer mentor at the time, Sunshine, and she would tell you, you know, like, I mean, I have reasons for missing appointments. I'd have excuses for why this happened, why that happened. There was no gratitude in my life at all. And so it had to start there. It had to start from a, from a place of gratitude. And so even if I could find one thing, and so for me, I was taking breaths. And so there was my gratitude. And so I went to NA and I found a sponsor and he was a tough sponsor. Uh, in fact, he's an AA sponsor. Uh, he just happened to be at NA that day. And that was uh, just, you know, that's, that's that, that universe and, and higher power working for us. Uh, and so we started to talk and, and, uh, you know, did the, the uh, autobiography with him and stuff. And at every point in my life where, things were tough or things were rough, I would escape and I would escape with drugs. Uh, and I wouldn't take responsibility to work through, do the, do the work, right. To do the work. And, uh, for me, when I finally started getting into step work and I, I found Oxford house so that I could have that, that stable home environment where I could actually work a recovery program. Um, it started showing me responsibility. Some of the guys in the house were working a really strong program. And so we, they, I would go to them and I would ask them, man, what do you think about this? I had a court date coming up where I was pretty sure I was going to go to jail. And so I was like, well, I could just run, you know, like, and they, you know, they won't catch me, which we all know that's not true. Eventually they catch you. But they were like, no, no, that, that's not how we do things now, you know? And so I started digging into my, my, my step work and I started really looking at my life and, and the first decision I had to make before I got a sponsor was that I wanted to live. Now, why do I want to live? Um, and I wanted to live because I had such a disdain and hate for addiction at that point because of everything that I had lost of my own volition. I, I realized then that, that it wasn't the people and it wasn't things that were just happening to me that I couldn't control. These were, these were choices that I was making that continued to lead to the same things, right? Jails, institutions, and death. Like that's where I was heading. And the thought and the idea that I was going to lose my life to addiction. I was going to leave my kids without their dad. And I was going to just leave the earth and, and never having made any kind of difference in anyone's life. Because that's the thing is that, in my addiction and in throughout my whole life, I, I had done nothing but been selfish. Like every decision I made was self-serving, right? Um, and so I made the decision that I, I, I got a sponsor and I started working the program and I started looking at the people that I had hurt in my life, right? And the ones that I needed to make amends to, um, the ones that it would have done more harm to do that. So you know, making those decisions and, and working it with my sponsor and talking to him and talking it out with him and just trying to figure out what direction is my life going to go in. And so one thing about me is that when I do something, like I love hard and I, and I go all in when I do something. And I knew that if I was going to do recovery and I was going to continue to live 
my life that I had to take some kind of responsibility for the things that I'd done. Uh, and so I went in, uh, I had charges and I went in and I, I didn't fight the charges. They, they pled it down. I think I was facing like 11 felonies and they pled it down to three because I was honest. I wasn't trying to lie or hide behind an attorney or anything. Right. And, and, you know, they showed me some mercy there. Uh, Judge McCarville, super, super amazing judge who, who is just a, a person who really, really, really loves watching people succeed in recovery. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, when, when I started digging into my own life and, and, you know, one of, one of the things that was really tough is, is I was married for, for 18 years. Uh, and so it's really, it was really easy for me to blame my ex-wife oh, yeah. and to blame my job because it was a hard job and I didn't like that job, you know, super easy to blame all those things for and, and people for the way my life, well, my parents got divorced when I was younger. And these are all tra- traumatic events that I have had to work through. But I had to own my part in my mm-hmm. life. And that was super important to me. Um, and for my, my growth and, and my development, um, you know, blaming others, uh, making excuses, even just starting the day, uh, just like, oh, I don't want to get up. I don't want to do this. I don't want to, I don't want to go to work or I, I've got this meeting. Uh, I don't want to go to it. It's a mindset, man. And the cool thing is, is that, is that if you, if you can get to a place of quiet and calm and you can get to your gratitude, man, yes, and, and you can start looking at the things that you, you, you do have and the things that are still there. And, and when you start rigorous honesty, not just in your words and your actions, but also with yourself, you can actually gain that self-respect and be like, you know what? I am good at this, or I am good at that. I do need to work on this here. And that's where the real growth comes in, man. Uh, when you start taking responsibility, it doesn't just mean that you take responsibility for the things that are bad, but it's also taking responsibility for the things that are good, man. I love that point. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that point out because yeah. we, the way our minds are, a lot of times we just think, oh, I have to take responsibility. It's just the bad stuff. Yeah. But when, we, when we're living with rigorous honesty, like you said, that allows us to be able to own our part in the bad things, but also to then give ourselves credit and take responsibility for the good things if not acknowledging our growth then. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's awesome, man. That, that's, you know, and, and here's the cool part is, is that, is that while you're doing that, it, it's, so as you're starting to, to live a life that's, that's got recovery in it and, it, and it's, a, it's, a, it's a huge, you know, foundation in your life, you realize that that, that becomes attractive. Just like a negative energy can can spread, so can a positive. And then you find yourself surrounding yourself with other people who are doing the same thing, that are working recovery, that are not just working recovery, but also being successful in their lives as far as business goes, uh, as far as family goes, as far as friendships go. You know, I I have people in my life right now that are willing and able to tell me, hey, Derek, what's going on in this part of your life? Because I need that. I didn't have that before recovery. I didn't have that. That's just not what people did in my life, you know? And if they would point it out, even if they tried, I would battle it. I'd be like, oh yeah, so you're looking at me for that, but what about what you're doing? Right. right. And that's like blaming. It's a, it's a different form of it, but it's that blaming. It's, yep. it's, it's distracting. You know, don't look at me, look at them. Um, I was really good at that. And that's those masks that we wear, right? Like it, it's, uh, 
it's good to not have masks, man. It's good to be honest with yourself and know where you're at and know that you can continue to grow. Because here's the cool thing is that you can grow and grow and grow the rest of your life. And that's what you should be doing. Like that's what all of us need to be doing. And that's, that is a great reason for life, man, because not only do we get to grow and our relationships evolve with other people, um, our relationship with ourselves also evolves. We start to know who we are, you know, when, when we do the, the step work, we start seeing where we have character defects and, and where we can work on ourselves. And, uh, you know, when you set boundaries with yourself and with others, you start really forming your life in the uh, direction that you want it to go. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things of taking responsibility is, is not over committing, right? Like if, if I make a commitment to someone, then I will follow through on that commitment. And so if I make a commitment to one person and someone else comes to me with something else and it's at the same time, then I need to be honest with them. I need to tell them, no, I can't do that because I have this commitment. Because if I give them the idea that I might go, then they're going to have disappointment and they're going to be like, well, you know, Derek says that he was going to be here, but he never showed up. Right. You know, and, and in my, in my, my life before recovery, that's how I was. Like if somebody's having a birthday party and I knew I couldn't make it, I would still pander to them. You know, I'm like, yeah, I'll try to make it. But like, when I say I'll try to make it in their head, they're like, oh, cool. He's going to try to make it, you know, and, right. and that's not okay because I'm misleading them. And that's, that's those little things. It's those little things in your life that you can you can change and you can be and here's the thing if i tell them that i'm not going to make it they may be disappointed in that moment but their event will still happen you know right. and they'll still have fun and joy but you know when somebody invites you or invites you to do something or to attend something like that's because they want you there and if you give them the idea that you're going to be there and you're not uh, then you're going to disappoint yeah. them all over again right why, why prolong that you know exactly and then you don't have to think about it again and so I, I, I get the sense that now you're leaning towards uh, something that we talk about too in our personal conversations of integrity yeah. and how it's all interrelated. Yes. yes. So uh, real quick, if I could go back. So it, it, I really appreciated how you said that there were things that you realized you had to do, yeah. right? And along with that were choices, right? right. So you, had, you were like, you made the choice to get a sponsor. Absolutely. And granted, you had other people suggesting those for things, sure. Yeah. Right. For sure. But at the same time, you still had to be the one to eventually make that choice. Yes. There was also the marriage. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That you could have blamed. For sure. But you owned it. So that's well, where you own, you owned your parts. I did. I did eventually. Right. Like, so, oh, so you mean to tell me it didn't happen overnight? <laughs> no, not at all. No, not at all. In fact, I can remember when I first moved into Oxford house, you know, um, I didn't see my kids physically for months. Uh, and that was because I, you know, looking back now, I know why, but at the time I was like, man, my, my ex-wife's being so mean to me. She won't let me see my kids. And, and, you know, nothing was farther from the truth. Um, that helped save me because that time uh, I could, I could focus on myself and my own recovery and, and be the man that I needed to be right. Uh, as addicts, when we're in a relationship with someone, we, we, we neglect them. We lie to them. Mm -hmm. uh, we, we, whether we know it or not, especially in a marriage, if I'm spending money on drugs then I'm stealing from my marriage, right? right. Uh, I'm not dependable. You know, my relationship with my wife 
and my relationship with my kids was suffering, you know, and, uh, you know, seeing it now, I can acknowledge that I can acknowledge my part in that. Um, even after we were divorced, uh, I didn't make things easy for a long time. You know, I quit jobs so that there wasn't a steady income to help support the kids. Right. I'd work for a while and I'd be like, meh, it's not worth it. I'm going to quit. Uh, what recovery did was recovery. And it's so funny because when, when I first, uh, got the job that I, I, so I worked for new beginnings. And when I first started for new beginnings, I started in the transitional jobs program. Right. Um, and you know, it's a, it's a nonprofit. Uh, there's a lot of support, a lot of help, but also that child support that I hadn't been paying and right. the current came on to me. And, and it, I remember I got my first check and it was you know less than a hundred dollars. And I was wow. just like, well, and that's for two weeks. And I was like, what am I going to do? And, you know, I was doing the next right thing and I wanted to do the next right thing, but also I was like, man, how am I supposed to live off this? And, you know, my sponsor was like, man, I see you doing the next right thing. I see you doing it. And so then he swoops in and, you know, if I needed socks, he would buy me socks. Uh, if I was $10, $20 short on, on, you know, my EES, then he would help swoop in and pay that because he saw me doing good things. And, you know, I started being very rigorous on what I spent, what I didn't spend. I ate lots of ramen noodles. You know, I ate lots of peanut butter and jelly. Um, you know, I humbled myself too, because there's a big part of that too, where our ego will get in the way and we won't accept help. Uh, and, and so for me, you know, after, you know, for 18 years, I worked at a place where I was making anywhere from 50 to $70,000 a year. So I never had to ask for help, you know, like that. Uh, but even, even the humility of like my oldest daughter who was working at the time, you know, she would bring me food, you know, to see, I had, I had taught my kids not to bring me money. Right. Because when I was in my addiction, if they brought me money, we know where that was going to go. Right. So they, they bring me food, you know, take me out to eat and that kind of thing. And I made it through that. And, you know, eventually I, I moved up in new beginnings and I, and I got a job. Now I worked in maintenance. I'm the maintenance supervisor. And, um, but I had, I had to make choices to follow rules that I knew were good for me. But my first thought, especially early in recovery, was like, I don't want to do that. I don't right. want to do that. Because our first thought's so wrong early on. So when you when you talk about this, you talk we talk about this lack of responsibility. And then, of course, the caveat to that is a, a, a sense of responsibility and taking responsibility. But you also mentioned all these things that that lean towards like a, a sense of self-awareness. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So would you say that self-awareness is also part of being able to be responsible? I, I, I absolutely think so. I, uh, that self-awareness, man, that comes from your step work. It comes from going to meetings and hearing your story from someone else and just really listening. Um, it comes from surrounding yourself with people who are working and doing the same things that you are, uh, that, that maybe they're further down the road than you are. Maybe they're not quite as far, but I promise you, you're going you're gonna to hear what you need to hear especially in those meetings. Um, I, I do a lot of reading. Uh, I'm old, so that's kind of one of the things I like to do. And, and you learn so much, um, even from reading, you know, reading the yeah. books to the point where you're, you're pulling out the highlighter and you're like, oh man, and all of a sudden you've got all these pages highlighted because like, it's you and you're yeah. I need that, I want that. And that's, it's always been something in my recovery that I've enjoyed is that if somebody has something I want, then I'm gonna go talk to them, you know, uh, and I, I wanna know how they got it. And I want to know how I can get it, you know, right. and, and that's the, that self-awareness of, okay, so I, I fall short at, at this part, but, but so-and-so doesn't, and I've seen ah. them do well, 
So now I'm going to go spend time with them. Well, and that's in a sense, that's a responsible thing to do for sure. Right. To be able to seek out that, that, that assistance, you know what I mean? Like, and like you said, not let the ego get in the way. Yeah. Cause it can, and it does. Uh, I don't know. It, it's probably been about six months ago, maybe eight months ago. I found myself with, without a sponsor uh, mm. and found myself still, still trying, you know, still trying to go to meetings and still trying to work my program. Uh, you know, it doesn't, doesn't work for me without a sponsor. It doesn't right. work for me when I'm, when I'm uh, getting off work and I, and I go straight home and then I just go to bed or I just right. sit there and do nothing the rest of the night, almost become lethargic. It doesn't work for me. Don't get me wrong. I like some days, you know, yeah. there's nothing wrong Balance. with that. But when it's, you know, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and, and it's the fourth day in of me going home, staying home and doing nothing, nothing right. for my growth, nothing for my recovery. Yeah. Uh, nothing positive. It just breeds that negativity and lethargy. And, you know, people noticed that and they said something to me and they were like, what's going on with you? You know, and, and uh, I, you probably, I was short with people, uh, you, your gratitude is lacking. You, you start getting mad easier. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and then your ego gets there and, and your ego is like, if, if somebody says, well, that's, that's not the way we're doing that. All of a sudden you're like, no, that's the way we've always done it. That's the way I, I know it's supposed to be done. And yep. instead of being open-minded and willing and honest, you stand your ground type of thing. Right. Uh, and that, I mean, that apathy. It, yes. Apathy, man. Like, we can't have an apathetic attitude to our recovery. It's we know it from the literature, man. So it's interesting. So you 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 just told us like some some serious stuff, like from your active addiction, um, your marriage, your uh, relationship with your kids, early recovery. So and you you alluded to where you're at now with um, like new beginnings with the uh, you're the maintenance supervisor. Um, what other things do you feel like being uh, taking responsibility for your own actions? What other things have you enjoyed in your, in your life? Um, what do you think that those things have bred? Okay. Yeah. So uh, one of, one of the things that was, it, 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 one of the things that was really crazy to me was, was when I was on corrections and I was in my addiction compared to corrections when I was in recovery. <laughs> Right. And I started taking responsibility for things, uh, whether it was an appointment at corrections or it was taking a UA or it was, you know, that's just a small facet of, of when you do take responsibility for your, your actions in your life. And, and you realize that the wreckage from your life is there and, and some of it you can take care of quickly. And we love that. But some of it takes longer time and sometimes it pops up on you. Right. And all of a sudden you're like, oh, man, now I have this debt that happened to me it happens to yep. a lot of us and i could fight it uh i could bemoan and be upset about it and be like well you know what am i gonna do how am i gonna eat but uh if you take it head on and if you can and you can you can say okay i'm gonna pay this off and you know it's not gonna last forever you know and so that financial stuff you know once you start paying it off and you start feeling that freedom then then when you do you know, get paid and you have money in your savings account and stuff that that's yours and yeah. you earned it and you don't have to worry about something from your past coming back. Um, recently I, I, uh, so when I was in my addiction, I, uh, I was friends with a couple 
an older couple. Their, their, their granddaughter and my daughter were best friends. Their granddaughter and my son were best friends when they were younger. Um, and they, they work, uh, they work with Al-Anon and, uh, super great people, like never been anything but, but amazing in my life, but I hadn't talked to them really. Um, and, uh, the, the gentleman messaged me on Facebook and was like, we miss you. Come, come see us. And I was just like, oh man, it's so awesome. So after the holidays, I'm going to go see them. You know, I'm excited to do that because these are people in recovery in a different way. Right. You know, right. And, and I, I really like that part uh, that I get to reconnect with people who they were not unhealthy. I was in addiction, but they still loved me. You know, they right. still were there for me uh, and, and still like a cheering section for me. I can remember they used to let me borrow their truck. They would give me food. They would, you know, just, just amazing people. And I'm excited to have them back in my life, you know, and get to see who I am now. You know, um, I think that's important too. If you can make those amends, then, then right. you should. And that does take a responsibility and it, it takes a burden off of you because like we all have those people that we hurt and they're many in number a lot of times. And so when you can make an amend on a relationship like that, man, that's, that's huge. That's huge. It's not always just your, your direct family, your kids, or, right. You know, it's it, sometimes it's people that, you know, are outside of even that circle. And that's, that's pretty awesome. Uh, you know, a lot of what, you know, for me also, you know, I, I did, a lot of damage to the employers that employed me while I was in my addiction. And one in particular uh, reached out to me recently and wants to meet for coffee. And I'm, I'm really excited to do that at some point because, you know, this is a person who we worked so closely. We were like family, right? And my addiction was, was, you know, just out of control. And I, I, I hurt them, you know, not just on the business sense, like the money sense is one thing, but like I hurt them, you know, I hurt them. When we can make amends that that way, that's that's such a beautiful thing. So you're able you're able to mend relationships by taking responsibility. Yeah. Um, you're able to enjoy your family. Yes. You're able to have a civil relationship with your ex-wife. Yeah, we go to lunch sometimes and talk about the kids. You know, we can have conversations anytime. She's she's doing great. Um, she was there for them when when I wasn't. You know, and and that was that's something I'll never never forget. You know, like. She's an amazing mom. Um, she's going to be getting married this next year, which is really awesome because she met somebody who treats my kids amazing, you know, and like how, how amazing is the universe that, that it, it, and that's not everybody's story, man, you know? Yeah. Like, and for me it is. Yeah. And so like, how can I not be grateful? Right. Like there's so many things in my life to be grateful for. And don't get me wrong. Cause I have days where I wake up and I'm like, ah, yep. but I also know how to get out of that. Right. Yes. Take responsibility for those feelings because they're mine. Yeah. You know, uh, I think everyone can do that. This isn't like some uh, special thing. Like, yeah. We can all take responsibility for our feelings. So when you, when you talk about, um, you talk about re recovery and how that has, the process of recovery has helped you take ownership or take yeah. responsibility. Do you feel like sometimes almost, I mean, like we see it nonstop in the news we see it in the business world of people getting called out, caught caught up in messes, yep. and it seems like it's the common theme of these big businessmen and, and famous people not being able to take responsibility for their actions. Right. So 
why do what is it that you think and this is strictly opinion like what is it that you think the difference is between people like that who are of such stature right and people like you and i who are people undercover i mean so what's the difference so my friend my friend gary has a saying and and, <laughs> and he's not wrong and it's a great saying it's it's words without action is just manipulation yeah and, and that's what it is right when when somebody says something to me and says hey derek like you hurt me in this or this this somewhere you need to grow and i'm like you know what you're right and then i do nothing uh, like, what, what is what does that do like is that not our society we hear a lot of talking without action yes you know and then when people do try to do action they get beaten down mm. you know they get they get labeled they get cast as villains because they're trying to take action yeah without anyone digging into well why why are they taking action like, yeah why does this need to change uh, there's a quote from Dietrich uh, Bonhoeffer that says, action springs not from thought, but from a readiness for responsibility. Because here's the thing. The minute you take responsibility for something, you have to do the work. You have to do the work. If I take responsibility for something, then I'm going to have to do the work. I can't have Seth do the work for me. It has to be me that does the work. And people, I feel like we're in this weird area right now where people don't want to do the work. Yeah. And so they'd rather just not say anything at all. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or if they do, it's, it's, it's that they'll say something, but they're not going to do anything. Right. Um, we want to see change. We want to see the love, the compassion, the, the caring and the kindness that we need to be showing each other, but we don't want to do the work for it. Right. Because if it gets too tough, what if I fail? Right. But when you start taking personal responsibilities for, for things, you're willing to fail. Yeah. Because you'll learn from that failure. Yes. And that means you're going to grow. And if you grow, then that means you're alive, man. Yeah. That's it. So you said you're when when you when you grow, you're alive. You let yourself I mean, that's 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 the whole point of it, right? We know that yeah. we're alive, we know we're living. So this whole how this all comes together is just so epic, really. So we've seen you be able to to grow as a person by taking responsibility. So what would your advice um, to people, regardless of in yeah. recovery, right. business, mm -hmm. uh, what, what, I mean, what would, what would your advice be? Rigorous honesty with yourself, man. Uh, start looking at who you are and really look at who you are and what you want, right? Uh, what you want your life to look like, you know, not, not just, oh, I want a car or I want a house. No, I'm talking about who you are and what you want your life to look like, who you want to be, because there's nothing stopping you. Right. Whether, whether you're a businessman or a dad or a person in recovery, there's nothing stopping you but you and your own mind and your own limitations to what you're putting on yourself. That's it, man. So it's almost like, a, it's almost like you're talking about two uh, manifestation. Sure. Yeah, man, like, you know, manifestation, uh, you know, for me, meditation, uh, prayer, petition, reading, like these are all things that are part of my, my personal work, right, that I, that I work on myself. Uh, but I have to take inventory of myself. Mm, yeah. Because if I'm not taking inventory of myself, then it's not going to get done, man. Uh, and that's mm. daily. That's daily. It's like, you know, and you can do it. It doesn't take long because you know how your day went. 
You right. know, you know what kind of day you had. You know if you could have made better decisions or worse decisions. Uh, that that goes back into earlier what you were talking about. Like people people talk about these things. People, uh, but people are afraid to do the work. Yeah. And when you think about it, though, something like you just said, it's like you know what kind of day you had for sure. So it's not like it's a huge task. What do you think it is then that keeps people from doing this type of work? Yeah. Um, I think that they're expecting uh, immediate results. Uh, I'm going to make a decision and I'm not going to do this thing anymore. And then the next day comes and they run into an instance where they do that thing again. Uh, they, they fly off the handle. They get mad. Uh, they, they choose something that they were just telling themselves they weren't going to. And they don't have patience with themselves. Mm -hmm. Like we, we want to be patient people, right? We want to, to count to three. And that's a real thing, man. You know, uh, whether it's count to three or count down, like either one of those is a beautiful thing. And, and if we're not consciously thinking about uh, the decisions we make, then we're going to, we're going to, we're going to fail sometimes. But then we have to be patient with ourselves and realize, man, like we're flawed. Uh, we're human. And so it's okay now. We're going to try again. Right. So, so that, and that goes hand in hand with this taking responsibility is being able to look at yourself when you have made a mistake, own it, and then be able to, to take the corrective action. Absolutely. And, and the thing is, is that if you're surrounding yourself with people who are also working on themselves and they're also growing in who they are, you can share that kind of thing with them. You can be like, Hey man, you know, I'm, I'm really struggling with my ego right now. Uh, I'm super opinionated, and, and when I think something's right, then that's what I'm thinking, and uh, I respect you as a person. So when you see me doing that, help me. And mm. they will. If, if, if they're on the same kind of journey, man, and they're working on themselves, they will. You've done it for me. I've done it for you. Like, yeah. we do this. Yeah. Uh, what, a, what, a, what a blessing for us that we know each other and that the universe has put us together. Uh, and the thing is, is that's really cool because, like, when you're manifesting this stuff and, and you're doing and you're working growth and you're working on yourself, those people will just come into your life. You'll meet right. them at, at different you know community meetings and different places and they'll come from the strangest places and it's like, wow, here we are. Like, wow, I needed you in my life and you didn't even know you needed them. Right. And there they are. So that and that that's that's interesting that you say that because it goes along with something, some content I just put out this morning about opportunity mm -hmm. and how Taking responsibility is closely linked with being ready for opportunity because there's opportunities present themselves throughout the day at any time. And I love that you said at meetings, at community events, because I think a lot of times, like if, if we are putting ourselves into a silo of just talking to the same two or three people right. every, t every time we go to one of those things, we're, I mean, for one, we're not letting ourselves get another opinion um, and learning and meeting new people. We're not growing, but um, we're, we're cutting ourselves off. Yeah, we get a tunnel vision, right? Right. Man, if, I, if all I do is spend time with the same person all day, every day, or same couple people, it's not necessarily that it's unhealthy, other than, but it, there's not going to be growth because you're only going to grow as far as those people have grown. Right. And, and that's... If you want real growth, man, then, then you find people that can push you to grow. Right. Like we hear about it all the time, right? If you spend time with four millionaires, you'll become the fifth. If you right. spend time with four addicts, you'll become, you know, uh, 
we don't realize how, how much our environment and the people that we surround ourselves with yeah. really affects our life and how inspired we can be from other people. Uh, as long as we can, as long as we maintain a mindset of inspired and don't get into like envy because when uh, we get into envy, that's when we're not uh, taking responsibility for our lives. And we're getting back to that mindset of woe is me. Oh, my life is so hard. This yeah. is so tough. They've got it so good. Like, look at all they have. Now I've got it so bad. Yes, yes. It's easy. And then blame comes yes. and oh man. It's amazing, yeah. So so it's it's so you mentioned it a couple times, the mindset. Yeah. The mindset. So so and that's a lot of times people uh, they'll ask me, they're like, What is it that you do? And I'm like, What do you mean? They're like, Well, you're doing pretty good. And I'm like, Well, I, I it's a mindset. It is. Because I don't Dude, listen, I still got bills. I still got the normal stuff. I work on myself. I see a therapist regularly, you know. Um, but the mindset is that I have to that I have to keep is um, one of growth and of learning, positive reinforcement. And people are like, you post all this motivational stuff all the time. It's like, well, that's because when I wake up in the morning, my first inkling is to be negative. Bro. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how often do we have conversations with other people? And when we're talking to them, we're really, we're telling ourselves to. Exactly. Like that's huge. Uh, that happens so often. Or, or we'll be in a meeting and maybe somebody we don't know will say something and it'll be like, wow, they were talking like right to me. Right? Yeah. And, and that's, that's those times, man. Like we're all growing, we're all learning. And that doesn't mean that you're not going to have bad days, man. You don't yeah. think, I mean, everyone has bad days, uh, but those bad days can, can, we don't, we have a great saying, right? We don't make permanent decisions based on temporary feelings, right? Well, that goes for you too. That goes for your own life too, man. Right. Uh, you can choose to be grateful and compassionate and kind, and you can take the time, you know, you can do the countdown, uh, I've heard, you know, your podcast talk about the countdown. That's a real thing. If, if I'm having an interaction with somebody and I want to count, and I want to take a moment to gather myself before I speak and respond. I can do that. And that changes yeah. things, man. Yeah. And you're not just quick to quit back with them real quick or, you know, for, for people in recovery, we go to meetings and, and, you know, we share. And if all I'm doing is thinking about what I'm going to say, I'm not going to hear the message. Man. Mm. You know, and that's, that's huge. And that's something that I've had to do, right? Because when you get into leadership, sometimes people just expect that you're going to have words of wisdom constantly. And sometimes, the man, the wisest thing I can do is be quiet, right? You know, and 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 uh, and learn. And sometimes silence is the loudest, the loudest response. You know, yeah. and a lot of times too, like, and I've I've seen you use this, is by by waiting on a response, you allow the individual to come to a, a conclusion. Yeah. You know, and then you're empowering them as yes, well. Yes. And that's and helping them take responsibility. Right. And that's, you know, you know and, and so there was a time, you know, when when I when I was in leadership and in Oxford that, that I wasn't good at that at all. Right. Like I we were in a pandemic and things were this way. And so we had to, you know, we had to we felt like we had to have this modicum of, of control. Uh, and you know, the longer you're in leadership, the more you realize that empowering people to lead and letting them come to the right conclusion is uh is super powerful man yeah and you get a sense of, of like 
of not not even pride, but of of like, I see you. I yeah, see you. I see you growing. Yeah, man, that's one of my favorite things about uh, you know, recovery and just even even in uh, the different community uh, groups is watching people grow. Like how powerful is that? That's, yeah, it's beautiful. And if it can happen at this level, right, in, in a town like Hutchinson, then why can't it happen on a bigger level? Exactly. Like why can't it? Exactly. The only people that say it can't are the ones that are limiting it, right? That they don't want it to, because right. they don't have to. They don't want to do the work, but that's okay, because there's people that do want to do the work. Right. So get out of the way. It's pretty mm. simple. You know? Get out of get out of the way. Yeah. Well, Derek, I want to thank you so much for being on here, dude. Like it's always we have countless conversations yes. throughout the week, yeah. and so and we've been saying we're going to do this episode, an episode of the podcast forever, and finally we're doing it. But um, yeah, I want to thank you very much for being on this because this this is a this is a huge one, and I feel like people in recovery have. Um, they have a lot to say in, in these yeah. these particular conversations, sure. especially the barriers to growth, because many times they know exactly what it was that was holding them back. Yes, absolutely. You know? I'm, I'm grateful you had me on, man. I've been listening to your podcast and, and excited to be on, and I hope to do it again soon, man. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much. And all right, everyone. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. We're going to uh, let you guys go. Have a safe holiday. And then we'll see you again next week um, for a New Year's Eve episode. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. And check out some of the other episodes as well.